Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is The Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show and send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. My webpage is RoyGreenShow.com, and we've just posted the interview with uh, Michelle Rempel from earlier today. There, it's, it's there for you to, uh, to listen or download. Go to RoyGreenShow.com in the podcasts. We'll play back that interview tomorrow because I thought Michelle was absolutely amazing speaking about the issue of sexual impropriety toward women, and she made it very clear that this was a nonpartisan argument. I thought she made an excellent case for all of that. Scott Newark is a former Alberta Crown attorney. He's the past executive director of the Canadian Police Association, was also a senior policy advisor to a federal minister for public safety, and uh, is an adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Scott, there's two issues here. The first one is the driver of the semi-trailer truck in Humboldt, or at least in, in Saskatchewan, who crashed into the bus with the Humboldt Broncos, is facing 29 criminal charges. It's been a, a while in coming. Uh, what's your, what's your uh, review of, of what's going on? Well, it, it uh, would appear that the, uh, uh, the RCMP decided to do all of the forensic uh, analysis, uh, crime scene uh, uh, reenaction. Uh, there's a special expertise involved in that. That uh, sometimes the charges are laid, and then they do the analysis. It looks as though the RCMP wanted to get everything in order uh, this time, so they would have gone through and they they literally do the analysis of the uh, uh, the uh, damage to the vehicles, the site location. There may be skid marks. They may, uh, for example, have looked to see if this guy had a phone. Like, was he on the phone? Was he texting? Things like that. But having completed all of that investigation, they've now laid these charges under the criminal code, and it's uh, under Section uh, 249 of the criminal code, dangerous driving, and there's specialized sections for uh, dangerous driving causing death and also uh, uh, dangerous driving uh, causing uh, bodily harm. So for the, as you say, the 29 charges in total, uh, uh, 16 dangerous driving causing death and 13 dangerous driving causing bodily harm, and this guy, uh, Jaskarit Singh Sidhu, has now been arrested and will be brought to Saskatchewan, well, where the process will start, uh, presumably uh, relatively soon, as he, uh, you know, uh, one would guess, tries to get bail. Sixteen people died. Uh, Thirteen yeah. more were were injured. And uh, this all happened on the 6th of April. I won't ask you to predict, but uh, if there's a guilty verdict on all 29 charges... We're talking about what, as far as punishment is concerned, potentially. Um, well, for the sentences that can be imposed uh, can be consecutive sentences. So, I mean, you know, this could be a very, very lengthy uh, jail term. The rest of your life jail term. There's no, it's not mandatory in law that the sentences are consecutive, mm -hmm. one to another, assuming that he is uh, convicted. Um, and I think that'll probably be the uh, the, the thing of, of greatest interest is the strength of the case against him. He's presumably, they've tried to interview him already. Um, I, I think the general understanding is, of most people, is that for whatever reason he blew through a stop sign. 
the other uh, vehicle, the bus, had the right of way, and I think that's the, the sort of a general understanding. Um, there will be potentially some difficulties in actually proving it because it depends on you know who is uh, still alive or who saw what. Uh, but that's why you have that forensic analysis and the interviews. But this is you know one of the, if not the most um, horrific vehicular accidents. And uh, you know uh, if it's come about as a result of uh, dangerous driving. Uh, this guy's going to go to jail, in my opinion, for a very long time. If yeah, he's convicted. Yeah. I was reading a story in the um, in the Star Phoenix or Leader Post, I'm sorry, in uh, in Saskatchewan uh, by Dave Dibert, and uh, he's a reporter for the Star Phoenix. And uh, quotes a father. Let me just find this: um, the father of Broncos player Grayson Cameron, an 18-year-old who suffered back injuries in the crash said the wait for the charges to be laid didn't bother him. Quote, I'm happy they took their time and yep. did it right, said Tyler Cameron of Olds, Alberta, adding that he feels the charges were appropriate. There were a lot of people who felt it was taking too long, but uh, clearly they dotted all their I's and crossed all the T's. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that is just a general uh, uh, rule of thumb is that when we get things right at the outset, the cases usually... Uh, uh, evolve the way that they should throughout the system. It's when things get done wrong or not done correctly at the outset that cases tend to go off the rails sometimes. So I, uh, I agree with that conclusion that the, uh, I think the RCMP did the right thing here in gathering all of the relevant evidence and putting it all together. Uh, and as well, too, I mean, think about it. it. If they've got all of that evidence, it may be, therefore, easier to uh, interview the guy and try to get a confession from him and even potentially a guilty plea. Yeah. How do you feel about the judgment that uh, was handed down in, in Edmonton where yeah, teenage sure. girls, as young as 13, um, testified that an individual, uh, Solomon Hodge Solomon, in 2017, they, uh, these teenagers reported they were touched by uh, a man in the West Edmonton, Wall, West Edmonton Mall water park and sexual assault charges, six of them, were laid against him in six counts of sexual contact with a child, and they're all dropped uh, in in court with the judge saying essentially, yeah, something went on, but I can't convict the man. What well, What's going uh, on First here? of all, the, um, the, the, although the, the media report says dropped, I think the correct word would be dismissed because this is actually um, the verdict of the, uh, of the court. And as I've uh, read, I've been aware of this story, and I've sort of kept an eye on it, mm-hmm. and the bottom line is is that the uh, the judge, provincial court judge, and I I checked uh, her ruling is not yet posted. I do want to read it when it's ultimately posted. Um, that essentially uh, the judge ruled that there what what the uh, the young uh, victims alleged happened did happen, but that the judge was not satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the evidentiary standard, that this guy uh, Soliman was the one that actually groped them in the pool. And the judge went so far as to actually say, you know, I think the police should have done a specific uh, uh, identification approach, a photo lineup. Um, several of these girls, when they, when they testified, Roy, actually specifically identified him in the courtroom. They confirmed the fact that, in, that the guy actually had been in the pool. He was seen. The um, security people who were on there saw him get out of the pool, so it wasn't, you know, like... They just found some guy uh, a couple of days later. The guy actually was in the pool. There's some uh, bit of confusion with respect to the different descriptions of him, including goggles, and it looks like 
for whatever reason, the police did not initially um, look to see if he had those goggles that the girls described, and it was only a couple of days later when they looked and they were never able to find it. But I, I do actually find it, two things in particular a little bit odd. This comment by the judge that, you know, specifying that the police should have used a specific um, photo lineup is a little bit presumptive, I find. Um, and um, secondly, the judge made comments that, the, you know, well, because the girls spoke to each other, that potentially um, contaminated their evidence. Um, that's, you know, that's something to consider in the context of whether or not you think that there was something that was unreliable, but not as a presumption, because as uh, I think the Crown Prosecutor said, like, this is, you know, this happens when people are sexually assaulted and it's in a group incident. People do talk to each other, and you shouldn't just reflexively say that that means that their evidence isn't reliable. The other thing that I was looking for that I haven't been able to find yet is uh, whether or not this guy even got on the witness stand to say I didn't do it. Yeah, well, that's interesting. We're not allowed to comment yeah. on that, by the way, in Section 4, Subsection 6 of the Canada Evidence Act. Well, the judge or prosecutor not allowed to comment on the fact of whether the guy testified or not, because, of course, his right is that he doesn't have to testify. Personally, I think uh, he may have that right, but the rest of us should have the right to notice. Yeah. In about 10 seconds, does the Crown have recourse? I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, I haven't been able to re- get the judgment to read it yet, but that's what will be the case okay. as to whether or not the uh, uh, conclusion of the trial judge yeah. that there was insufficient evidence for identification, that would okay. be the basis of the appeal if there is one. Thank you, Scott. We'll All stay right, on right. top of that. Thank you so much. Scott New York on The Roy Green Show. We'll have Michelle and Linda and Catherine. They're coming up next.